Welcome to Lockdown. I'm Adam, typically the host, curator, and narrator of all of these adventures, but this is a special edition of Alone in the Runiverse, hosted by Chance, the author and creator of the Lockdown game we'll be playing today. Now, this is pretty decent in terms of uh, harsh language, but there is action violence and that sort of thing. So as always, use your judgment. All right. Uh, is everyone ready to go? Yep. Your grumpy pants on. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, this is Chance from NorCal Mythos Entertainment. I also play Garnak on Tallwater Tales here on Runelanders. Today we're going to be playing a one-shot in Lockdown, the anime-inspired tabletop role-playing game created by NorCal Mythos, which is right now on Kickstarter. We have a lot of friends from the Runelands are going to be playing the parts of the different characters, and without further ado, here they are. I am Kaneyama Tomotsu, the Golden Samurai, along with my close companion, the Silver Sumo, and my friends, we travel the wastes of lockdown in search of trouble with a capital T. Bringing our brand of justice to the little folk, we are in search of cenotaphs in order to reclaim past glories. Armed with my demon steel plate and my katana and my daikyu, I am a golden-colored Godai Tsuji from the Godai Dome. I am a force to be reckoned with. Eastrin, just Eastrin, thanks, stands about five and a half feet tall. She doesn't look quite as athletic as many of her species, carrying weight in her hips and thighs. Her skin is a smooth purple-tinged gray, and she wears the fine, deep purple tentacles that would be hair on someone without daemon blood, about shoulder length. Her features are sharp, nose prominent, and on the rare occasion that she smiles, she shows small fangs. Her eyes are deep crimson and almost never still. She wears a wasp silk tunic in black and dark gray, fitted black trousers, flat black boots with sturdy soles. She carries a pack, but no visible weapons. Hi, I'm Auburn, and I play Kiriko, the Shatra Kisume from the Zenitan Caravans. She trained under the under a shinobi master, and her blades are sharp, and her manner is blunt. Yes, 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 one and all, feast your eyes on this fabulous figure, six foot seven, solid, silver-skinned sumo sexiness. I'm Otambo Hiro, constant companion to the samurai. We grew up together, and since... Well, I've been following him around, keeping him alive, recording his legend. We fell in with these other two a couple years ago, and the rest is history. Well, you'll find out. So without further ado, I'll take a step aside and leave it to you. Now, you're alone in the Runiverse with Lockdown, from Dawn to Dusk. You all arrived early to the meeting. Uh, Dirk Tinsla did not. 
Uh, Eastrin, when Dirk contacted you, he insisted that you booked a twin run on the business suite. He told you that the information was worth it, so you went ahead, you booked the twin run on the Dawn Rail, covering a full half of the planet, going from one pyramid to the other pole, and Dirk has not shown up yet. I mean, Dirk's normally reliable with his information, if, you know, not his personality, and your team needs a score. I mean, the last time you guys did a job, it didn't go well, and you guys end up losing money on the venture. So, knowing time's of the essence, you boarded in Frasia, but you've already passed the first pyramid, and Dirk has not shown up yet, and you guys are nearing the second one. You've already passed a couple of Godai domes, and you finally hear a knock on the door. About damn time. Uh, Eastern gets up and looks out the door before opening it. You see Dirk, and Dirk is about the most smug-looking Kitsune you've ever seen, which is saying something. Uh, he's borderline obese for a Kitsune, which means he looks rather plump for a lot of the other species. He's standing there in his uh, Ryan Silk suit, which probably costs more than your entire armory. And he's looking rather impatiently as he stands in front of the door. Brace for it. Eastern tosses over her shoulder. Uh, when she opens the door, she steps out of the way so that if anything barges through, she's not going to get bowled over. Dirk walks in with a smug look on his face and looks around the room. Uh, the room is quite comfortable. You know, the business suites on the Dawn Rail are nice. You have two different hollow screens. You got a mini bar, a nice discussion table. You got a bed that's set up off to the side. It's a rather comfortable room to be spending the day in, although you probably didn't want to spend this long in it. Dirk says, hey, and gestures over towards Tamo. Use a terminal to order some room service. The eel pink tuna and the king of black melon should suffice. He walks over to the minibar, picks up a bottle of whiskey, looks back at you and smiles, puts it back, grabs the most expensive bottle of whiskey that's in the thing, takes a swig, and heads over to the table. He sits down, says, all right, hurry up. I don't got all day. You don't know got all day for what? Well, are we going to talk business or what? I'm in a hurry. We don't got all day. What the hell have we been waiting all day for? I needed a ride to Frasia. Now I got it. And you guys have the opportunity to get some information. Well, then I suggest you start talking because we're the ones who order waiting. breakfast. Spill, dish on the cenotaph. You're the one with all the information. I had breakfast three minutes, three hours ago. I had second breakfast an hour and a half ago. I just finished lunch. Okay, I could eat, but come on, breakfast. Dirk grunts, walks over to the terminal, hits a few buttons, comes back to the table, sits down. You guys seem cranky. I don't understand. I'm trying to do some business with you. I'm trying to help you here. I have information on a cenotaph that hasn't even been found yet. Chronos Construction. They're surveying a mountain near the Skylands for a new complex. And they got scans of what looks to be a cenotaph. No one's even uncovered this thing yet. No one's been there. This is completely untouched. It's in survivable territory, so you don't even need to wait for a storm. Every center in the quad is going to be heading there in three days. I'll give you three days. A location will be a good start. Yeah, so would 2,000 lopes. Or, you know, that's a big price to ask for. Uh, how do we know you're not going to rip us off? Like, uh, well, of course, you remember Mahashka. I have never sold bad information to anybody. Every bit of information I've ever given is good. Eastern knows this. That's why you're talking to me. 
There's good information and then there's 2,000 votes worth of good information. That's a lot of scratch. So how big a payoff are we talking here? Well, that's the whole thing. It's an uncovered cenotaph. Yet an entire business is founded on the amount of money that can come out of a cenotaph. Uh, Eastern's going to calculate how much of their money he's already spent between the minibar and breakfast and deduct, uh, plan to deduct that. They're cenotaphs and they're cenotaphs, friend. That's all I'm saying. If we don't know what's in there, so I'm in. I got the codes. We'll send it over. Hey, do you have any idea how many people would kill for this information? Look, I'm offering you an opportunity. Tell you what, you can't afford two thousand. You're small time. I can understand that. So I can go for a thousand, but then I get half. I get half of everything that you find, and I'll happily take that. With all the danger falling on us, no. How many votes are you putting down there, my friend? Well, I got 15 left in that last job. I can finish it off. We'll give you your damn 2,000 votes, and you're out. Well, but you haven't already spent of it anyway. Ugh, you see, Eastern, that's what I like you. You always have reasonable friends. Right about then you hear a knock on the door and you hear a rather pleasant voice that calls out, room service. Uh, Eastern looks out again to make sure it appears to actually be room service. Yeah, you see uh, a cyber woman who's standing there in a Donrail uniform that has a, appears to be a tray of food in front of her, or really a cart of food. Dirk didn't exactly order small. The very fine tentacly hair along the back of Eastern's neck twitches, but she opens the door again, doing the thing where she steps out of the way. The cyber woman starts to roll in the cart, and roll a notice check, everyone. 16. 22. Paranoid. Oh, I rolled in both 20 because I built my character sheet there. I rolled 14. 14. Adam got a 15. The server comes in, and all of you guys are paying attention. You're all a little on edge, and almost immediately you notice something's off. You're not even sure what it is. Eastern, you're the first one that picks up on it, but you actually notice that the Decyber, her body is starting to change. There's a little faint red glow that starts to come off of her. You start seeing the mechanical parts of her body elongate and, and reshape. The flesh parts of her body are stretching out and bulging in grotesque fashion. And you're it's almost certain immediately this is a shapeshifter. And if she's starting to transform, that cannot be a good sign. Also, you know, something rustling coming under the tablecloth. Can I kick the cart back out into the hallway? You could try, but the big trouble with that is you right now have that person that's transforming shape behind it, and it is massive and growing more massive by the instant. They need to duck because here comes the couch. Roll an attack. Hmm. What would that be? Uh, to throw a couch at this shapeshifter. Well, you're in your unlocked state, so for your attack roll, I believe it would be your will would be added to it. Uh, you're not trained in the weapon, so there's no weapon training. There's no weapon training bonus for a couch, so just add your will to the d20. I'm going to go ahead and nominate that for quote of the session. Hero, you pick up the large, rather comfortable sofa and chuck it straight at the door. Uh, when you do, the, the shapeshifter has to duck down to the floor, almost hitting the floor completely. Uh, the cart gets pushed off to the side a little bit, and 
but it's still changing and it's creating larger. I mean, by the time that the couch hits, it's already probably about nine to 10 feet tall. The couch slams against the wall, doesn't quite go through the door, but uh, does leave a nice little crack in the wood paneling. Now that there's some room to fight in here, out comes the katana. You hear Dirk start muttering, you, you gotta get me out of here, they're, they're gonna kill me. Could I get you guys' initiative scores? Six. Ten. Tamo? Twenty, natural. Uh, you do not roll for initiative, it's just the score. Top right, third box down. Oh yes, five. Five is mine, yep. All right. So Hero, you just finished clearing out some, you cleared out some room in the cart there. <laughs> the shapeshifter is starting to get back up to its feet and you see metal writhing tentacles start lashing out from under the tablecloth. Well, shit. Kaneko, it is your turn. Or Kaneko, it is your turn. Kaneko's like already moving as the, the chair goes sailing overhead. He's quite small. So she goes straight for the um the cloth to rip the cloth off the uh, table. See what's underneath. You move the cloth and you see a cephalobot. It's a uh, tentacled robot that's often used for excavation and things along those lines, but occasionally they get reprogrammed to be a nasty little attack dog. And it looks like it's about to lunge on you. Can I stop it? Absolutely. If that's a 29 to attack. Well, that absolutely hits by a lot. Uh, an 11 damage. So you stab into it. Uh, do you pierce any, uh, with your attack, did it pierce anything? Okay, so if it's a bot, I'll use my plate breaker attack option, which adds a plus five to infantry piercing. And I also have a plus two to infantry piercing. I don't know if they're stacked naturally on these weapons as well. But... They absolutely do. So that would be seven, which uh, the cephalobot comes out. It's starting to lunge at you and you just drive your, are you using your katana right here or using your claws? My tiger claws. So you just drive your tire claws straight into this thing and it goes straight. I mean, the, your claws sink in deep straight to the knuckles into this bot. Its tentacles are still writhing at you and it's still moving, but you just shredded this thing. In fact, you also damaged it. Uh, roll a d20 for me right now. Seven. Uh, you did that. Half of the tentacles on this thing just went limp. When you stabbed through it, apparently you messed up some of the control mechanisms on the inside. And half the tentacles, I mean, it still has about six or seven that are flailing around and walking upon. But that's definitely going to lower this thing's ability to deal damage. This guy stands there with a bike still on a thingy and just looks at, uh, is it Dixon or whatever his name was? Um... And just, like, from behind her mask, so it's slightly muffled, she's just like, Good job, you didn't try to eat that. Yeah, Dirk's just sitting over there, muttering that they're going to kill me, and you see the, at this point, the shape-shifting cyborg is standing up and looks straight at Dirk, says, You should have kept your mouth shut. And it's going straight for Dirk. Although, Istrin, it is right now your turn. I would like to cast Dominate Mind on it. Well, that's awkward. Go for it. So for Dominate Mind, what do you, uh, I believe you have to roll to cast the spell or is it an attack roll? Uh, attack, uh, spell casting attribute versus discipline, or disc. That would be discipline, yes. So go and roll your attack. Spell attack is d20 plus my attribute. 
Yes. Um, also, plus your tier. That should be on Adam's, too, which is one. That is a calculated 20, not a natural one. So that shapeshifter is heading straight towards Dirk and getting ready to shred him. And for a second, it kind of looks over at you. It's like, are you going to help or what? And then keeps going towards him. But it's working. Uh, basically, at this point, you are absolutely a good friend of that shapeshifter. Although, unfortunately, that does seem to keep it of the opinion that you're going to help her now in killing Dirk. Hang on, we need information before we got him. That wasn't the plan. We were told to kill him if he talked, and he talked. And Dirk's in there like, I didn't talk! I wasn't going to talk! I, I was I was going to lie! I lie a lot, we all know this, everyone here knows this. Yeah, I got 2,000 reasons to kick your ass now. Dirk is not looking pleased with the moment. The shapeshifter looks at you for a second, starts to wonder for, looks like she's contemplating what you're saying. She's like, nah, we stick to the plan. And she starts going right back after him. By the way, there is also still a cephalopod that is trying to uh, eat Kiriko, which is about to happen. Uh, right now, that will get us to Hero's turn. All right. Well, what I would like to do, you said the cephalobot is about to eat Kiriko while there is a shapeshifter advancing on our source. Yes. So what I would like to do is, so just to check here, uh, Gravitron Blast, tertiary action. Before you attack, pull your target 10 feet towards you and deal an extra 1d6 damage. Tertiary action is basically just, it's something small that you can do while doing other stuff. So basically, as long as you could reasonably do it, it's like having a conversation having a quick few words of a conversation or something in the middle of your action. That's the effort it takes for tertiary action. So that that's basically what that means. All right. So basically I, I I'm looking that is I'm looking at that as a force grab, right? Yes. All right. So it's a get over here. Can I grab the cephalobot and then spin around and throw it at the shapeshifter? Uh yes you can. How would I do that? Well, you're using Gravitron Blast, so... Yeah, I, I want to Gravitron Blast that thing into my hand to grab it by the tentacle and then spin my large bulk around and just hammer the whole bulk of that robot into the side of that shapeshifter before it gets to killing our agent. Well, the hard part is you're probably going to... you're gonna. This is going to be a hard attack. I'm, I have to pull up Gravitron Blast right now to see exactly what that build... Is that an attack option or is that a um, form attack? Inherent fusion form. Yeah. So basically, you're gonna be, you're just gonna do that as part of your other attack. Uh, you pull the cephalobot over towards you and grab a hold of it. Although you're gonna have to attempt a grapple check to be able to actually grab a hold of it to try and use it as a weapon. I should be pretty good at that as a sumo, right? So I'm gonna look. At Absolutely. Although cephalobots, that's also what they do. So it, there's a chance that this might not be as easy as you'd hope. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just. If anybody's gonna do it, it's me, right? Oh yeah. So, uh, I have close quarter combat, that's close enough. Area none, attack seven slash nine. So you roll, you get a plus nine to your attack roll uh, for trying to grab this thing. So you have it grappled right now, and you have a hold of it, you have it grappled. It is also trying to grapple you. I mean, basically it's redirecting towards you, but the fact that half of its arms are limp is definitely not helping it. 
Okay. Well, if I got to fight with it for a bit, we'll see. I might have to do a bash, bash, spin, swing, throw, but... Kiriko just looks up at you and goes, Hey, I was playing with that. Yeah, I mean, it actually kind of jolted your wrist a little bit when you pulled the thing towards you, because, I mean, like I said, your your tiger claw was pretty deep in that thing. Oh, sorry, did you want to, did you need this back? No, it's fine, you can play with it now. Tamo, what are you doing, sir? I have my katana out, yes. Oh, absolutely. It's time to take somebody's head. Well, as the cephalopod doesn't really have one, I'm assuming you're talking about the shapeshifter. I'm talking about the shapeshifter. Go and make your attack. By the way, in case I haven't mentioned it, whenever you guys do an attack, you get to pick an attack option that you get to use. So that's every attack, you get to use one of your attack options. Excellent. Well, at this time, I am going to attack the uh, shapeshifter, and I'm going to give that stupid dealer who can't keep his mouth shut my resistance. You are very kind. That's damage tolerance. You're a kind, kind soul. Kind, kind soul who just rolled an attack. Now, how do I uh, resolve the attack here? I rolled an 18 and I add it to... Uh, if it's a katana, it would probably be your the training bonus, which I believe is a three. Yep. Uh, your physicality, and then one for your tier. So, yeah, well, yeah, plus six. Okay. So, I guess I should just look at that. <laughs> So yeah, 24. That is a hit. Go and roll your damage with your katana. 14 damage. Uh, you slice your blade into him. The shapeshifter is very quickly no longer paying attention to Dirk. Um, in fact, he's kind of looking at you at the moment like, you're a friend of a friend. What are you doing? And has a kind of a weird look on his face, but that's not gonna stop, or that's not gonna stop her from trying to take a piece out of you in a second. Uh, right now, the cephalobot Adam is trying to strangle you and attacking you back. So right now you have her, you have it grappled. You have a very good grasp on it, but its tentacles are riding up trying to get a hold of you. And it got a 22, which I do believe hits. Yes, my defense is 16. And it hits you for seven damage. Uh, the tentacles lash around you and it is, you are now grappled by it also. And it is right now currently strangling you. All right, what is, what do plating and shielding do? So plating works against all close quarters attacks. So whatever your plating is, you subtract that from this damage. And you said four damage? Uh, seven damage. All right, so I take one damage. It's not choking me that hard. It, it's definitely giving it a shot. Well, you know, that's the benefit of being skinless, right? I'm going to start to laugh at it, even though it's like a... <laughs> Jitsu, I've tried to choke guys that are built like sumos. It, it's not easy, man. That's what comes from having a 24-inch neck. My neck is as thick as Kimiko's waist, right? Probably. Just about. Kitsunis, Kitsunis are usually a little petite. She keeps stealing my necklaces for fashionable belts when she goes out. That's how I know. They're shiny. The shapeshifter is angling straight towards you, Tamo, and it is taking a swing at you right now with two massive mighty claws. Or mighty, well... Pretty much you have two talon-filled metallic hands that are just wailing at you right now. And I got a 27 to hit. Well, that'll hit. I lean right into it, though. You take 13 damage. 
and there is also you notice a wave of energy that gets lashed out and also slams into Dirk and knocks him against the wall. Although it does look like his uh, Ryan silk jacket is kind of helping out with that. But when it hits you, there is a wave of energy that just kind of pulsed right around that little area that you're in. Kiriko, it is now your turn. Okay. So the shapeshift is on Tamo now. The shapeshifter is attacking Tamo. Um, and just, there, there's no style to the shapeshifter's attacks. I mean, it's just this large, massive thing. And it's just lashing out at him with these massive mechanical and fleshy claws. The cephalobot right now is grappling with Hero, who is um, sort of having a gas gasping laugh, but he is still managing to laugh at the thing. Critical tilt a head, look at uh, Hero, and giggle, uh, and then she's going to leap at the shapeshifter, and I'm going to take a minus two on that attack and attempt to doosh, doosh, punch her twice. Well, use both of my claws, rather. Tiger Claw twice. Go for it. Okay, so that would have only been a 14. Did you count the minus 2? Yeah, it was a 16. Uh, so minus 2 would be a 14. Actually, you're also stabbing this thing in the back. But it looks like that's still going to miss just slightly. So you went uh, just slightly. So you went through, and your claws really did connect. Just there, There's plating and armoring on the back of this monstrosity, and you weren't really able to sink in and do much damage. She just hisses and lands on the ground, um, like, behind it. Eastrin, it is your turn. Uh, right now, by the way, you do have mind control on this thing, but basically you're getting the impression, it might think you're a friend, it's not going to attack you, but it is more than willing to attack everyone else in your party. And at this point, things are kind of devolved where I'm not sure how much good you're going to be able to do with getting the thing to calm down. Eastern will drop the spell. I'm trying to figure out what you will actually do. On your character sheet on the left side, I believe there's a section for attacks, and at least a couple of them will probably be your free casts, which are just attacks that you can use and attack your attack options to. I think they're the last two. Yeah, I can use Nature's Terrible Gift. Excellent. Go and roll your attack. What's that? Cockroaches. Total of 14. It's versus stamina. Uh, you would have advantage on it, though, because it's not expecting an attack from you. And that extra plus two means it does hit. So when you cast uh, Nature's Terrible Gift, what exactly are you doing? Because normally, uh, how does that look coming from you? Eastern twists her fingers and mutters something. And the uh, the fleshy parts of the shapeshifter start to discolor and look... For the first quarter of a second or so, it looks bruised, but then it looks like something's eating at it. That's properly terrifying. You look at the thing and it even starts cringing and writhing in pain a little bit, which is not necessarily something you normally see from a shapeshifter. And I believe that's um, your spellcasting attribute damage. Is that correct? So how much damage is that? That is four. All right, so four recurring damage. And we'll see how long that keeps rotting at it. You're not going to work with me. You tried the peaceable route. Hero, it is your turn, sir. Okay, so just to clarify what I'm fighting here, is this thing part squid, part robot, part octopus, part robot, a uh, robot that looks like a, like a squid with ten tentacles? You are looking at a pure robot 
that has more than 10 tentacles that are flailing around, although half of them are not flailing. Uh, it's just you have a, it's just a very cephalopod type shape. They kind of base the design off of that. Okay. Well, in that case, when I grabbed it off of Hiriko, uh, the, is that how you say your name? Yep. Okay. Uh, when I grabbed it off of her, I was kind of facing forward to catch it with both hands. But now that it's fighting me backwards, I've, uh, it's fighting me back, I've kind of stepped my left foot backwards and turned my right side into it. Now, the next thing that happens is using my gigantic hand to grab a handful of five or six of these tentacles. I'm with my right hand between my body and this octopus. I'm going to grab these tentacles and pull with my left hand as I push with my right to put this thing on like a fucking boxing glove. When I've done that, I want to bash my hand on the ground two or three times. And then I'm going to throw this thing at the shapeshifter. But I'm going to go as far as the bashing for this round. Well, using unarmed attacks, because you're, you're trained in unarmed combat and you have um, the advanced training with it, you could do unarmed attacks as a support action. Right. So basically do, using that as a support action, you could use your main action to try and shove your hand into it like a glove. So you could open with that. All right. Well, very good. Then like having turned my hand, I having turned myself with my right side towards it, my right hand is down in front of my groin as a block. My left hand is up by my face. This I've got this thing by the, I guess, by the cage that holds onto its many writhing tentacles not as many as there could be noted but as they start wrapping around i'm going to close my left hand or my right hand and snap it forward like a slap but at the same time my fingers come together like a point like a like a mantis style block or sorry a mantis style strike right into the vulnerable under point of this thing and with a smash i crush through its armor and uh put it on like a glove what's your then, Pardon me? Attack roll. Because this isn't a to do that. So you got to get that's me. A, yes, that's a good point. Because <laughs> I'm loving where this is going. I just really now need to see it work. That's a 20. That's a modified 20. And that will do it. Uh, so you just dealt. Uh, roll your damage too, by the way, because you might have just busted this thing open right now. So it's what, I think 1d6 plus resolve. Uh, no, this is... That's fire burns. Did it, did, no, it's just 1d4 plus 5. 1d5. <laughs> All right, so it was, uh, it's one less than fire 5. Actually, uh, if it's 1d4, that is a mistake on my part. It's supposed to be 1d6 for your unarmed strikes. Because you are trained in advanced hand to hand combat, so it'd be 1d6, not 1d4. My bad. Well, that's 9. So you just smashed your fist into this thing for 9 damage. And. Right now, it is limp. It is not moving. But you do have a octopus tentacle monster robot thing set up as a boxing glove. And there is a shapeshifter right there, and you still have at least another support action you use to punch it into it. I think I will. Now that I've done that, the thing goes... And as it's arcing, and you can see the sparks happening through all the tentacles, which are spasming as the thing deactivates, I'm going to use it to punch the shapeshifter in the side of the head 17 again you guys have this thing flanked pretty well so you have advantage so it'll actually go up to 19 which is a hit and you punch the thing with the tentacle monster 
Uh, go and roll your or <laughs> with the uh, tentacle. I don't even know what to call that kind of boxing glove, but it'll work. Yeah. Uh, roll your damage. There's a big flare of tentacles as the impact snaps them forward, right? Seven. Adam, do me a favor. Roll a d20. Fourteen. Adam, when you go through and you punch this thing across the side of the head, you slam your body into its leg and its knee buckles a little bit. And when it does, you could actually see some damage going into some of the metallic joints. And it looks like this thing won't be dancing anytime soon. Well, that's a bummer. Knees are always hard to bounce back from. The nice part is when you could replace parts, though, it's a little bit faster. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my fist back to punch it again and say, stay down. And that'll be my turn, I think. Thank you. Tamo, you are up. By the way, this shapeshifter looks almost rabid. I mean, it does not... Telling it to stay down is good, but it's still on one foot. And the odds of that actually working, we'll roll for that in a second when we get to its turn. But this thing does not look like it might not even be capable of stopping combat right now. You have to offer. And you should offer, but yeah. That's what separates us from the humans. Life is good. Tamo, it is your turn, sir. Tamo does a strange pinwheel effect that puts himself between the info broker and the shapeshifter. And he wheels the sword around to try and take out the other knee. Go and roll. Total of 20 modified. That hits. Max damage. Total of uh, 16 points. At that point, the shapeshifter goes down and... It, it hits the ground, falls on the ground, and you see sparks flying, and it starts convulsing a little bit and starts shrinking back down to its normal shape or normal size. Um, and it looks almost, I mean, it only takes about 10 seconds as it's shrinking back down. And it doesn't look like it's dead, but it definitely looks like it's unconscious. Silver, put your knee on, knee on it while we can. You got it. Uh, Dirk looks at you right now and just... You, you, uh, get me out of here! You get, you guys, you got to get me out of here. They're gonna kill me. They're, they're going to kill me. You got to get me out of here. Kiriko goes, yes, two thousand. Absolutely. And you have to tell us who they are and why. And I'm going to smile my big chrome smile at you with that. Uh, uh well, I, I, I may have promised the Red Dust Marauders that I would give them the first shot at the Cenotaph. And I was going to sell the information, and they may have already paid me half already. And I wasn't supposed to meet them, though, for two hours. I hate it when people show up early. It's terrible. Uh, um, you know, I, I have a vehicle in the rear of the train. Get me in the car, and we can get out of here. Um, uh, 1800 18, I'll only charge you 1800 for the information. Fair deal, right? I'm going to open up. I'm going to open up the door to the car because there's got to be a, an entrance and exit door to this particular car. And there are there Absolutely. are bodies here that I need. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to start by throwing this octopoid robot off. And just kind of throw it off, watch it clatter off down the tracks on the side. Well, that would be the window then. Uh, if you're going for the uh, if you're going for outside like when you open up the door to the business suite it opens up onto a hallway gotcha there's a hallway into about seven or eight different business suites that are all on this one car although if you just wanted to throw the cephalobot off um off the car easiest way would probably be the window 
I'm going to see if uh, Iriko has, like, how she's doing. Does she need the heavy yet? And uh, I'm going to go position myself by the window in case throwing things out the window might help. Uh, go ahead and read, um, who is negotiating right now? Or is, it, is Kiriko, are you the one negotiating? I wasn't. Well, I did. I, yeah, I, I said 2000 to save his life. You opened up. Anyone could do I don't care who negotiates. You guys could pick who's kind of doing the talking. But uh, Kiriko did make the opening offer. And then Kiriko will go, I also like others. I'm willing to kill for this information. That would be a presence check to see if you just terrify him with your tiny little lethal self. You gotta watch out for the small ones, Derek. I make a show of cleaning my katana. Okay, I rolled a 14. Yeah, you when you roll a, I mean, you roll a 14, and it looks like he's um, rather amenable right now to discussions. And when you look at him, you just give him this sharp fang little smile, and uh, you know, you look up at his big old full fox face and just flabby features and you smile at him with your delicate pointy little canines and you almost just kind of see him break right there. It's like a thousand. Okay, look, I'll only charge you a thousand. You get me out of here. I, I don't even want to cut. A thousand? That's all I want. You get everything, get your three days. That's it. Kiriko turns her head and looks at Hero questioningly, tilts her head to one side. The thousand includes the money you've already spent. Especially since we're not even getting breakfast out of it. Well, lunch anyway. You get up too early. God, I have to. Can you? Do you know how much I have to eat to maintain this figure? Do you have a counter offer, uh, Eastern? That the thousand includes the well includes the three fifty he's already spent. So I guess that's a total of six fifty. So you're saying six fifty? Yeah. Uh, go and roll a convince check. Or presence, if you prefer. Just presence would be more of just using your overall presence to scare the crud out of him, which, you know, he's already terrified. Oh, that's a natural 20 for a 22. Yeah, you roll a natural 20, and he just kind of looks, he's like, fine, fine, I'll pay you 650, I'll pay you 650, just get me off the train. Um, apparently in his panic, he didn't quite hear you all that well, and he's now paying you money and just wants to leave. Perfect. I'll uh, take the... Octobot off my hand and uh... oh, um, hang on before you do that just one second because I have the, the all the tech things does Kiriko think she can like is that bot like fucked sorry or is it like fixable or reprogrammable or is it just smashed look look when I do this hand sign it does this huh no it's fucked it's just parts yeah, Adam starts moving his hand, and um, you start seeing wires, wires and metallic uh, plating that just kind of open up and close like a paper bag puppet. And yeah, it, it don't look good. You you could fix it with enough time. Whether it's worth the time, who knows? Yeah, critical just shrugs. Not enough time. And actually, looks at the shapeshifter to make sure it's dead. The shapeshifter is not dead. It's unconscious. And right now, it's pretty much helpless. You could kill it. You could also restrain it if you needed to. And uh, Tomo, you got some restraints that you could put on some shackles that would even be able to hold that thing. I'm going to start. Uh, I've got an idea. It's a shapeshifter, right? Right now, you guys hear a loud explosion. You feel the whole car train just shake. I think we need to move. So, no time to stuff the shapeshifter into the Octobot and hang the whole mess off the back of the train then. That would be tough. Um, 
roll a, uh, roll a, hmm, what would this be? Probably notice. I'd say notice. Or a self-awareness check would also work. Is that everyone or just him? Uh, everyone. Roll a what? Sorry, an awareness check. It, notice or, uh, notice or self-awareness. Both those would probably work. You know what? I really like sake. Sake is good, man. I, what? I sake. Yeah, Adam, you're just thinking about that extra large breakfast you had to eat to be to keep up your uh, superior figure. Well, I, I'm also, I didn't finish the sake either, right? So I, it's got to be around here somewhere because I know I didn't send it back. There isn't sake, but you do have a mostly um, full bottle of very expensive whiskey that Dirk is probably going to have to pay for now. Yes, he is. Also, we should take that. Does advantage in this game just mean that you roll twice and take the high roll? Advantage would be a plus two. Greater advantage is a plus five. Okay, then I got 20 on the notice. I got 18. Both of you notice very clearly, you are slowing down right now. Your train car is slowing down. They've detached the uh, car from the train, haven't they? We're still moving. They're kidding a bit. Not as fast. You look out the window. If you look out the window, you see uh, the car in front. Of, all the cars in front of your car are steadily moving you away from you. These uh, you look behind you. Oh, shit. And you have the two cars that were there. You have the kitchen car, and then you have the vehicle storage car, which are the two cars behind the business suite. Come on, let's move. Look at that. You just keep making these things longer every year. Oh, shit. Can we call Ben? We'll look at it. If we're not using it, and she'll stab both of her uh, tiger claws into the shapeshifters, whatever, passes for a head, and just make sure it's dead dead. That shapeshifter is now dead dead. It will not begin back up. Let's move. And she swiftly moves to the door in the hallway and looks to see if there's any danger. I really hate when she does that. You know, kind of put the uh, Octobot where the shapeshifter's head was. Because nobody needs to walk in and see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you now have what appears to be a um, octopus-headed uh, cyborg, which is strangely even more terrifying. But well done. Think of the stories people will tell about that. You open up the door and you see the wide-open hull of that train car, and you see—I mean, right immediately you see six different doors that into the six different business suites that are on this car. Okay, Kiriko's at the minute only interested in exits uh, from this car to the next car. What's the vehicle in? The, you know, the exit to the kitchen car behind you is, I mean, it's about 20 feet down. Or I'm sorry, 20 feet. They're gonna have the door covered. They probably won't be thinking about the skylights though. You have the skylights, you have the windows. There are other ways to go to get out, to get out of here, depending on what you want to do. If we go skylights, you won't be able to grab a snack on the way, hero. Well, the train is moving slower now. Oh, I'm going to stop by the kitchen car. I didn't say I wasn't going to jump in and, you know, bust everybody's shit up. I just said they'd have the door covered and they'd be expecting us to come in that way. So are you guys hitting for the skylight or are you just rushing down the hall real quick? Well, see, I'm going through the door. I'm going to barrel right through the door because I'm not much of a climber, right? But I know that Hiroko is. And Kaniyama, I'm the fat one, okay? Time you got some exercise. I mean, Invincible Golden Samurai, huh? 
figure out you guys don't have a whole lot of time. You know there's other people probably on this car. Things got to move. Where's everybody headed? Down the hall. I'm going straight down the hall like a battering ram. I'm going to go through the door first at speed to draw fire because I'm a big tough dude. Everybody else can come in behind me or... Kiriko's going to go over the rooftop, yeah. She's going to go along the roof of the train. So Kiriko, you basically jump up, you go back and you leap up onto the roof of the train. Uh, roll a maneuver check real quick uh, to see how well you're doing up there and we'll go from there. I rolled a dirty 20. That'll do it. Eastrin, where are you headed? Uh, Eastrin is going to be in the shadow of the very large target. Well done. She is not a graceful person and she is aware of that. Uh, looks like we're doing a rush check then. So it would be Hero, uh, Tamil, and Eastrin. Just roll a rush check to see how quick you get through this train car. I rolled a natural 20. I rolled a 12. I rolled a 12 as well. That gets you guys across. I mean, you're rushing through. You hear what appears there might be movement in some of the other business suites. You don't know if it's more of the Red Dusk Marauders or if it's uh, or if it's just people panicking. But you hear some movements, but that's not really slowing you down. You hit the end of this car and just barrel through it. And when you do, you almost forgot for a second that you step outside of the car for about five feet before you could get to the next car because it is wide open. And you slam open that door and there's another door right there. That's why I went running. Carry me across that gap. Oh, you're not slowing down. Yeah, you slam into the other door. The, the big problem is it's a pull. Oh, no. Kaboom! All right, what do I need to say? Uh, not really a save, but there's a good chance that uh, anything inside that car now really knows you're coming. Uh, Kaniko, what are you doing? You're on the, you get to the top of the train and you look over, you stay low and you crouch down low and you see people on hover cycles that are far off uh, lightward. You look lightward and you see the silhouettes of several people on hover cycles that seem to be patrolling around the car. And you're guessing they're more of the Red Dust Marauders. Although it's pretty good that you, the ones you're seeing are light side. If it was dark side, you'd be, I mean, if they're on the other side and the light was behind you, you'd just be a silhouette. There'd be almost no way for you to hide. But as it is, you should be able to move across the top of this car without too much trouble. And right about then, you hear a large slam coming from the car in front of you. Precisely how far away? It's about 60 feet to the end of the car. And looking on the top of the kitchen car, you do see another skylight that you probably would be able to get into. No, I meant how far away are the people on the bikes? Ooh, they're about 150 feet off, although those bikes can cover ground fast. Just I have a long bow that goes 250 meters. You could shoot them right now. Uh, they're definitely within range. The only drawback to that is... Uh, I didn't know I was there. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. They know you're there and also it depends on it depends on what you want to do. I'm just going to like move forward and peek through the skylight. Just keep it as low as I can. So when I get to the skylight, I'm just going to drop flat on the roof and just peek through the... So are you trying to are you trying to sneak two cars ahead, or are you trying to just get there as fast as possible and hope you can get there quickly and have them not see you? I'd like to move there quickly and one of but I stealth, but I have an ability. Uh, oh, where is it at? Oh no, never mind. Actually, that's in in dim light or with partial concealment, you can move at full speed and remain in stealth. No, that's different. Never mind. 
that does mean though you're going to be I mean you're going to be able to stay stealth while moving quickly that's what you do so you're going to be able to make good time while staying hidden just it kind of there, there, it's how hidden you want to be you're going to be able to stay stealth moving full speed and then you're just making a maneuver track to go through if you want to try and get all the way to that other skylight in one turn you can but you're probably not going to be nearly as hidden yeah, I'd like to get there quietly, so if it takes two turns, that's fine. So however long it takes me to get there, remaining as hidden as possible, and then I'll drop flat and have a peek through before I decide what's going on. Cool, go and roll a maneuver check for just pretty much moving at a good clip across the top of this train car. Well, that's a natural one. Oh no. So you start off, and you take three steps, and almost immediately you're... Oh, I am... Um... Uh, the claws that I have give me a 20 climb. Does that make a difference or not? It might help in a minute. Almost slamming them into the... Okay, fine, good. <laughs> You're moving up and you start going through. By the way, uh, roll the natural one. Uh, subtract two from your determination. Uh, so for your determination on your skills and your character sheet, make sure you mark off that you just lost two. So you roll natural one on a skill check, you lose two determination. What determination? What... On your, on your character sheet, um, it's right about in the middle. There's a section for determination that's got all the different skills on it. Don't stress it. If you hit the point you have to worry about it, I'll let you know. Basically with this, there's skill health. If you fill enough, if you fail enough skills, things get harder. And eventually you just start getting greater disadvantage of just failing all of your skill checks. Because you're just exhausted, you can't think anymore. Your determination is going to be your finesse plus your resolve plus one for your tier so i don't think you have anything to worry about you probably have more than enough finesse determination to have any problem to worry about any problems so that will make it a seven right so you so do i need to subtract anything from any of my skills or anything at this point it doesn't no no if you run out then things start to get ugly okay all right okay fair enough right okay so it's just basically if you end up working yourself to the ground and uh, to the point where you've lost all of your determination, you just hit a frustration threshold where it's like, I'm done, I can't do this for a bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. All right, back to the game. Kaniko, you start moving and your feet slip. Almost, you're three steps across and your feet just slip and slide. You don't know if there was some sand or something that was on the top of this or what, but you just completely lost your footing and started sliding for the side of the train. You catch yourself before you fall off, but you just had a big stumble, and you're not sure if you were seen by any of the, the, the people, the guys on hover cycles, but you definitely know that was not what you were hoping to have happen. It's just hanging there, kissing softly under her breath. You're about, you're pretty much, you're three-fourths off the top of this train right now, hanging off the side. If there's someone inside that window, they are definitely seeing your dangling legs, but yeah, what are you doing? Um, I guess I'll just try and pull myself up. Now, your tiger claws give you a climb speed, you said? Yeah, so 20, I think it is. Yeah, so if you... Climb speed by... Increase climb speed by 20. Well, your climb speed would have been zero. So, <laughs> um, you still probably need to roll a physicality check, but it's greatly... It's going to be much easier. Okay, so that's 19. Yeah, so you pull yourself up easily and you're ready to get going. Uh, roll another maneuver check to see if you can clear up, clear the way and get back across. Okay, 24. This time I'm like, whew, whew, let's try not that kind of, let's not do that again. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, you, get a good, you get a good bracing on your feet, you get ready to go, and you make the leap across the cart and kind of slide over next to the 
next to the other skyline start looking inside. Domo, you slam straight into the back of Hero. And Eastrin, you managed to stop. I mean, Tomo, you were moving quick, man. I mean, you, you were actually helping Hero to go faster and then just slammed right into the back of him when he hit that train car. And Eastrin, you managed to stop before hitting either of them, but it's like, oh, full door. Uh, Hero, you could basically take a step back and open the door without a problem, but that was not comfortable. Eastrin, if you could not mention this for at least six months, please. I promise I won't dishes once. I'll do my best. I thought you were going to go through the door. Yeah, so did I. It turns out it didn't. It had a different idea. And uh, with that, Hero is, you know, brushing himself off and squaring up his big, broad, massive shoulders, tying the top knot back into his hair. That's really cool, by the way. The top knot is a uh, bunch of wires because, you know, steel skin, right? Anyway, he's tying the top knot back into his hair and looking at the glass of the door which is like completely spiderwebbed and shock broken, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at the door and it's, it's demon steel. I mean, this, this door is built to be sturdy and strong. I mean, you could see through parts of it, but it's not very well. Uh, but you do see some movement coming from inside. And through this, you know, because you, you've been on these trains before, I mean, the Dawn Rails is a pretty nice way of travel. Just inside, you're going to have the place where normally they Normally you have the maitre d' that's there to take your orders and everything else for the business suites. But you, you got an, you have an idea that the maitre d' might not be there today. I'm going to blink a couple of times because I can't see through this broken, shattered, starred glass with normal vision and uh, enhanced. Well, that's just the readout, isn't it? So time to go to thermal. So I'll blink three times while staring straight up. And then when my eyes switch, I will open them again and uh, see who's coming on the other side because I can see the outline of their thermal signature. How they're approaching will say a lot about who they are. You look at inside, you don't have anyone that you see approaching. You look inside the room and you see the table that the maitre d' is normally on. And this cart's pretty wide. I mean, it's, it's like you got about 30 feet wide or so on this cart. So it's got some room, but you have pathways that go back to the kitchen on both the left and the right. And with your thermal vision, you could actually see people kind of peeking their heads around the corners on both the left and the right side. Uh, most likely you got a couple people there with something ready to fire at you, uh, standing in cover positions. All right, folks, we got a, uh, we got a handsome gems again. Maybe a bit of a sister Lucy's. Ah, who am I kidding? It's a, it's a full on Goran job. Yep. We got that bunch of people in there hiding. Goran did not go well. Right, so. So, why don't we join Kibiko on the roof? Kind of have to go through the door now. I, I, I mean, they're certainly expecting me. You don't have to. Kibiko, you head over to the skylight and you look down on a rather large kitchen area. Um, the skylight that you're looking at is the front one, and there's another skylight that's about forty feet down the cart on the other half, and. It appears to be over the other kitchen area. In this one, though, you could see what appears to be two more decibers that are standing in position wearing trench coats and they got guns drawn. And they are both have guns pointed directly at the door. Now they're standing where they got really good cover. Uh, there's basically a large wall that separates the front area of the cart from this area of the kitchen. And they're just basically standing there ready to take shots at anything that comes through the door. 
Like I'm just saying, there's probably guns trained on the door. Hey, if you have, do you have your ears on? Mine don't come off. Kiriko, are you there? Oh, yes, what? So, right now you're looking at this. This would be about the time that we're back to you. Uh, while they're having this conversation, you look through and that's what you saw. So, um, what are you going to try and do? Um, oh, how, what, how do these skylights look? Do they open? Do they slide open? Do they put, like, do they open? What, what, what are they made of? From the inside, it's really easy to open. Uh, from the outside, it requires a bit more work, unless you're just going to basically run a tiger claw through and just, you know, shred the hinges and dive in. But to get a thing open quietly would take a little bit more finesse. Um, well, I'm assuming that she will have seen or heard them as she left between the two carts, those lots like in the gap between. I should move from one cart to the next. So she knows they're there. So I'm gonna make as much she's gonna make as much noise as she can. Um I would I drop down behind them or in front of them if I fell through this skylight. Through this skylight, you would be uh, you'd be in the middle of this section of the kitchen which means you'd have one about 30 feet from you on either side. But right now they're both facing away from you because they're both facing towards that front area of the room. So you'd be behind both of them. Okay, so what Kiriko would like to do is punch through the skylight, making as much noise as possible. And then when she lands, she's gonna, she wants to throw two throwing daggers out of each hand, at each, one of each person on either side, however long this takes. And, um, yeah, and just shout, like, now. Okay, uh, go ahead and start off by just roll an attack. We'll start with that. Uh, you're just rolling attack with your tiger claws just to smash through these things as loud as possible. Uh, 24. I mean, any second now. She... Yeah, you just slice right through the, the through this window. The glass goes flying and shattering around in all kinds of different directions. And the same motion, you're just diving through right after it. At which point... <laughs> and yes, everyone that's at the front hears uh, hears Kriko yell now. Uh, you hear a smash, and then Kriko's diving through. Damn. Uh, Kriko, you don't have any type of uh, surprise on the. You don't have any type of ambush on these guys. They they definitely know you're coming after the noise that you made. But it's looking like you're moving a little bit quicker than them, and should be able to get a shot off before they do. Yes. What am I doing, Alden? Uh, go and roll your attacks with your thrown weapons. Okay, with your 16, your first throwing knife hits the one on the right, but it misses the one on the left. Okay, it does 10 damage, actually. The... Wait, hang on. What's a throwing knife? It's not a D8, is it? Uh, D6. Oh, yeah, D6. Okay, that's just 5 damage. Okay. So, Tamo, you heard the slam from above. Uh, you heard glass crashing, and you throw open the door. What do you do? You look on either side and you see two gunmen that just turned their back towards you. All right. Well, I guess it's a rush, but as I get through, I'm going to turn sideways to my companions get past because tight quarters like this. So you move forward, get right next to the table. You kind of flip the table forward, getting out of the way so everyone else can move past. And right now you're providing cover for you're covering Eastern mostly because... Uh, Tamo looks like he's moving up ahead to go straight for one of the gunmen. And I will continue to support Eastern for the rest of the fight by putting myself in harm's way. In... It's the silver shield move. We use quarters. Kiriko, what is your defense? 16. 
All right, both of them take a shot at you. The first one, the one that you hit with a knife misses. It turns around, takes a shot, and it looks like it's in bad shape. Oh, by the way, I need you to roll a 20 because you wounded that guy. And uh, the other one, though, does manage to get a shot off on you. hits you for seven damage. They turn around, two massive guns just took a shot and just blasted into you. One shot hit. Seven damage. Right, so I have the enhanced tatami armor. So what does that just like one plating this is a ranged attack it's a ranged attack so whatever plating and shielding you have all works against it because any range attack subtracts both plating and shielding okay so it's one um plating so you would take six damage to your health ouch yeah not good and to make matters worse when there's crashing glass and gunfire you hear a couple other voices say hey move check it out from the other half of the kitchen which is behind you because there's basically another door that opens up to the second half of the kitchen and it sounds like there might be another two guys over there okay right now that would get us to heroes already gone so tamo it is your turn sir uh, i'm sorry actually eastern it is your turn eastern will uh so we've got Tamo going for one gunman, so there's no, and there's another one in here? Yes. Although both of them have their backs to you right now. Looks like they both they both turned and they're training on Kiriko. I am going to Nature's Terrible Gift, the one that is not running, or that is not, uh, doesn't have a, a samurai running at him. Very good. Go and roll. 18. That hits. So that's at least four more damage. Yep, four recurring. All right, so you just hit him with the four recurring damage, and it definitely looks good. The, the flesh starts to pale and discolor and bruise and just starts to be eaten away, and it just does not look pretty at all. Tamo, it's your turn. In my fury, I release the word, and lightning flies from my mouth. What word are you releasing, sir? Storm fury. So I do 10 points of damage, pierces all. So you open your mouth and a blast of electricity shoots forth from you and strikes right into him. Roll a d20. And you deal 10 damage. I get, uh, yeah, I did 10 damage and I roll uh, 23 total. You look at him and he just starts spasming and falls to the ground convulsing. It doesn't look like he's going to be getting up anytime soon. He's not unconscious, but that guy's not. That guy has no control over his body. And I continue closing the distance. You are already next to him. I mean, you blast him, and before he even hits the ground, you're in front of him with sword drawn. Kiriko, it is your turn. Okay, so we've got one guy on the ground, and we have one guy um, who seems to be slowly rotting. Yes, one guy's on the ground, looks like he's stunned at the moment. Uh, the other one is slowly rotting. Both of them still have guns in their hands, though, and look ready to shoot. Well, one's not ready to shoot, but he might be in about five or six seconds. Um, okay, then Kiriko's going to like look at the one on the floor and the fact that Tamo stood in front of him and just kind of laugh, um, kind of knowingly, as if this poor dude's fucked. Um, and lunge at the, the other guy. So I'll take the minus two to try and hit him with both um, claws. You lash at him with both claws. What'd you roll? 
fuck is this? A natural one. Oh no. Yeah, you went through and you swung at him and just missed. I mean, you thought that, I mean, he turned, went at you with a gun. You thought he was going to move to the side for a shot. Instead, he leaned into you and just stepped right between both claw attacks and just kind of drove a shoulder into you, knocked you back a couple of feet. He takes a shot at you, but he misses. Probably because she's well off balance now. Not happy. <laughs> Hissing. You hear noise yelling coming from the car behind you. You look back and you see what appears to be another gunman coming. Hero takes one look at the other gunman and goes running back through the door to the other train car. Istrin, it is your turn. Oh, uh, Istrin, I have uh, good news and bad news. The good news is your spell that you cast, the spell that you cast, Nature's Terrible Gift, is recurring for another another round. He is continuing to have rotting flesh on him. The bad news is he's continuing to have rotting flesh on him, which looks absolutely disgusting, and he falls to the ground and just limp. Kiriko, that happened to be the one that slammed a shoulder into you also, though, and that guy does not look like he's getting up. Uh, Eastern kind of sneers at him once he's fallen down and says, everything can be made to work. It just has to be unmade first. And uh, lets the spell go and turns it on the other one. Roll your attack. A 14. And you'd also have greater advantage on that because that guy's not moving. That guy's twitching on the ground, idle to defend himself. Your tendrils go into that guy deep. You just watch his flesh start to turn until his eyes just go blank. Although they're mechanical eyes, that just could mean he's on sleep mode. Looking real quick at him, you do see that both of these guys are carrying a small damu gel. Which are here, 1d6 plus 2. Damu gel is basically a small healing potion in this. But both these guys do have one on them. I'll fleck mine over toward the one on mine over towards Kiriko. Now, while you're doing that, you pick up the Damu gel with a support action, go to fl flick it to Kiriko. You do see another gunman that starts coming from the other side of the kitchen. So in this section of the kitchen, you have another set of walls. There is one doorway that goes into the other half of the kitchen where they have all the refrigerators, the prep room. And you have a gunman that just stepped into the doorway with a gun up. But it is your turn. I roll a 21 on my throw to get that damage out to uh, Kiriko. And I uh, yell a ki to draw the gunman's attention towards me. And I, with my attack uh, action of throwing the damage out, I uh, pass three, uh, sorry, yeah, three uh, damage tolerance. To Kiriko. Okay, well, you could use a support action to toss the gel and still have your main action to do an attack if you want to do your attack on the gunman. Well, perfect. Well, then I will charge the guy, yelling my ki, throwing the damage gel, and passing three damage tolerance to Kiriko. That doorway where he's standing may be 25 feet away from you, so real easy, real easy move to get over there. Okay, I rolled uh, 19, which on my katana is an expanded critical. Uh, yeah, that's a really bad day for this dude. <laughs> you just critted him. Uh, roll a d20 for me right now. Uh, 18. Yeah, when you slash through him, you just went right through him. This guy was wearing, uh, looked like probably somewhat of a, a vest type armor, what would be like a bulletproof vest. When you slash, that thing just got ripped to shreds as you also carved into his chest. Uh, how much damage did you deal? Uh, 12. Yeah, he just dropped. From the doorway, though, you do see a second gunman, 
and he is standing over what looks like the kitchen staff. Uh, you have rows of freezers that are along the far wall and kind of crammed in between the freezers. Not in the freezers, but between the freezers. You have what looks appears to be the whole kitchen staff. And these guys look like they were holding them hostage or just keeping them quiet. Unsure. But there is another gunman right there. Hey, I've got a question. Yes, ma'am. I spent some chi a while ago, and I know I can generate chi, but I have not been taking the appropriate actions, I don't think, because I am new at all of this. It'd be a support action for you to generate, I believe, two chi. So I I'm happy saying you're up to at least, uh, do you want to say five or six chi? Let's say six chi. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so just kind of keep track of I, I don't even mind if you just keep track of it. You don't have to tell me like, oh, I spent a support action on it. Probably better to, but if you forget, just mark off that you spent it, and then you can't use that for a reaction later. That's how I did my my my, my uh, channeling earlier. I uh, had counted five rounds of action, and I hadn't used a support action yet. Right. Well, moving. You're moving a bit, but yeah. Even when you move, though, you still have another support action, because you have two each turn. That, right, so I can generate. I could generate one uh, chi a turn per action, right? You can generate one chi with a support action, but like if you're not moving and you're just standing still and fighting, you could generate two chi a turn because you could use both support actions for it. Cool. Okay. So support action can be used for moving or for a whole bunch of useful stuff. If you have an ability that is like an intervention uh, action, also you could use your support actions to use those also. Need three more rounds to channel Chi for that one. Nice. All right, so there is a gunman right now. He takes a shot at you, Tomo. What is your defense? Straight up 16. And you're just shot for 12 damage. I mean, he, he levels his gun. And it's a big old massive hand cannon. And he just takes a, a blast, and it hits you square, man. That did not feel pleasant. Then I end up taking seven of that. By the way, I had already used my damage gel last uh, while we were at the door to heal my last wounds. Okay. Well, I have a thing. It's um, when when hit in combat, spend a response action to gain two chi. So a response action is a support action that you have saved that you don't use on your turn. Uh, if you're thinking D&D, it'd be a reaction. Just in this, it's pretty much if you have an extra support action you didn't use, you can use that. Or to, you could also use it when you get hit to generate two chi after you get hit, then you lose a support action from the next turn. So basically, if you didn't use a support action, you could use it from your last turn, or you could borrow one from the turn that's coming up. Okay. So when you're hit, you could absolutely do that. Or is it when you hit or when you hit a target? When hit in combat. Yeah, so when you get hit, you could spend a support action. And for you, depending on like, if you don't have any support actions left from your last turn, if you already used all of them, then you could borrow one from your next turn. But that means your next turn, you're only gonna have one support action. So the support action cost is a move, oh. Yeah, move is a support action is basically anything you're doing that isn't like a real big thing. You know, moving would qualify. Attacking or skill checks are your main, main actions. Uh, support actions are just about everything else you do that's gonna take a little bit of time and effort. And the attack options, do they cost chi? No. Attack options you could use every single time. Every time you attack, you should use an attack option of some sort. Gotcha. Okay. And I think you get to use two, if I remember correctly. Correct, yes. 
short version of this story is don't mess with a shinobi they will shred you or if you do make sure you work fast because <laughs> they will oh we just had tamil get shot which means we're at the top of the round which is kiriko okay so i'll use whatever action it takes to apply the gel or whatever how the healing thing works so that'd be a support action yeah use a support action and you go and roll 1d6 plus two sweet six you rolled a six, so you got eight health back, or you rolled a four? I rolled a four. You got six health back. That's how much I took. Alright, and I do believe you guys have one more damage gel on you. And then I would like to... Um, so looking at this kitchen, is there somewhere that I can like hide? Because we've got one person that's shooting at... The gunman that's shooting at you is actually standing out in the open because it looks like he was just in, looks like he was just in front of the captives. Okay. You are standing right by a doorway. I mean, you could have excellent cover standing just at the edge of the doorway if you want to take a shot at him, or you could actually get to him probably in one movement action. So I'm gonna like take um, get some cover and um, swap out my claws for my longbow and just like prep to attack the next round. Okay. Eastern, it is your turn. Uh, Eastern is going to use her main action to pick up the heaviest looking knife in the kitchen. I'm assuming that people still use knives in this setting. Oh, there is a massive looking cleaver. Like this cleaver, the blade on it's two feet long. It's about eight inches deep. At the fat part of it, this thing's about three fourths of an inch thick. And by pick up, I mean with her mind and telekinetically hurl it at the gunman. Oh dear. Uh, you roll, do you need to roll an attack for your telekinesis attack? Yes. I use my spellcasting attribute. Yes. 17. So you just sunk this rather large <laughs> piece of metal. I mean, it, this cleaver looks like it's used to carve up designed for the whole cow. This is not designed for a steak. So this thing is massive. You use this thing with two hands and you just launched it at the guy. Uh, go and roll your damage. Nine. So you just sunk this thing into his side for nine damage. Now, the other thing I do believe with this spell, if you roll a check with your, uh, roll a focus check, I believe you could actually maintain it for another turn, if I remember correctly. Yes. So go on and roll that. What is that roll? So that may maintain the effect for another round with SCH, our spellcasting attribute. Right, you'd be rolling basically, it'd be the DC, or be the SC for what would be to cast an alpha level spell? Uh, 21. So you slam that thing into him and you still have control of the blade. Roll a d20 for me, Istrin. Uh, 14. You hit this guy solid and it looks like it went into his hip. This guy is slowed down and he is not moving well. Behind you, you hear hero yelling. You hear a thunk. He enjoys this too much. And... Tamil, that would be your turn. There is one gunman with a giant cleaver sticking out of his cybernetic and fleshy bits. Do you want to live? Roll a presence check. Total of 20. He drops his gun, nods vigorously, and just kind of falls down on a knee. When I say drops his gun, he tosses it across the room towards you. 
By the way, I, you know what? I've forgotten this. Dirk has been screaming frantically this entire time, just so you're aware. He is behind Istrid and panicking at almost every single moment, and I completely forgot about poor Dirk, who is just having the worst day of his life. He's a kitsune, right? So he would have some sort of... Well, does he have some sort of snout-like protrusion? The kitsune vary. I mean, they vary from being almost appearing human to with full fox features and... Dirk has full fox features, and they have just looked in a sheer panic. The one good thing I will say for Dirk is he looks incredibly apt at scrambling towards cover. Because almost every time, like when you guys first went through the room, I mean, the first thing he did was he dove in the corner and managed to hide and just mutter incoherently about how terrified he was. As you guys got into the second room, Dirk is still muttering frantically, but he is always finding a very good spot for cover to not get shot. And, you know, it looks like he just has a natural ability for that. Not sure what else he's good at, but man, could that guy hide. Well, that's good for him, because if he continues to screech in Eastern's ear, he's going to tie his snout shut. So, Hero. They're moving up on the gunmen. The first two gunmen, uh, the, the first two gunmen looks like they went down. And everyone was moving towards the back of the car. And you heard a noise coming from behind you, from the car that you left. Okay, well, I'm going, you know, that table I knocked over, to pick, I'm going to pick it up and turn it around. <laughs> you are now holding a table. All right, facing the door that is all busting stuff like that. I hear noises coming through it. You look up, well, the door is open. You look and you see a gunman that's starting to come towards your car. You got another uh, cyber gunman that looks like he's coming at you. Okay, well, I'll just take the table and put it in the door so that he can't see. It's hard to shoot something you can't see. You hold the door, up, the table up against the door, and he just starts shooting at the door. I mean, he starts shoot, or shooting at the table. And you're watching bullets uh, slam into the table. You actually have a couple of them that get through, but one of them actually even hits you when it comes through, but the thing was slowed down enough, it was just a little uncomfortable. I was going to say, from the gunman's perspective, as he was shooting the table, it just kept getting bigger and bigger, faster and faster. You're running straight through the door at him. Yes, like the like as he like I was going to go, go put it in the door. The second he took a shot, I was going to charge him with it. Adam, you go charging at this guy, and you meet him. Pretty much, you go right across the five feet of the door as he's moving forward. You catch him just outside the rails of the car. You slam into him and feel this guy just get jolted backwards for a second. And you're not sure he is because the only drawback to this table plan is you can't really see him too well either. Well, I'm just going to kind of ride the table forward like a, like I'm going to, since I'm running forward with it, I imagine I have it by the legs. So I'm going to put it face down on the floor with my feet on it like a surfboard now. If he's behind it, I'm going to like kind of squash him with it. Roll of <laughs> Okay, roll a heave check. Heave is endurance or phys physicality? Physicality, okay. Not 20. <laughs> oh, life is good. So go and roll an unarmed attack right now. So you went through with this table, you moved it up. As soon as it shot, you're like, well, that wasn't very nice. And you just start plowing forward with this thing. And roll, um, you'd probably have three unarmed attacks you can make right now. So go and roll three attacks. All right, so you have advantage. So that would be a 14, a 15, and a 16. On the 14, you slam into him with the table and just apparently you feel him go thunk and just move back and let out a grunt. On the 15, 
you slam the table down on top of him. Rather nicely, mind you. I mean, it's like, it's done well, but when I say nicely, I mean well done as opposed to polite. Because there wasn't anything polite about it. And with the 16, you jump on top of the table as a surfboard, and you don't hear anything coming from under this table anymore. <laughs> so smooth crack, it, and then it like kind of slides across the carpet in the other car. Yeah, you look back, and uh, you, you, there's not a whole lot left of this gunman. Yeah, we'll let the camera focus on my features. Perspective, it looks like the uh, like you can see my shiny chrome features reflecting the light gray of the carpet in this car. Except like there's light gray with a big red streak. You can see it just goes up right the middle of my face, and my features are just disgusted at this. Yeah, your plan worked a little too well. I keep forgetting I'm 600 pounds. This is a slow month for you. You've actually lost a little bit of weight. Well, yeah, and I'm going to lose more considering we're about to crack into a big cenotaph. That's a lot of exercise and not a lot of food and rest. That's all I'm saying. Well, Hero comes back in the other car, dusting his hands off and looks a little disgruntled, but comes back in the other car right about the time that the last gunman just tossed his gun across the floor. Looking on both of these gunmen, by the way, you do see two more small damo gels. I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, the living gunman doesn't resist, and the downed gunman doesn't either. It looks like the other downed gunman might be alive, uh, but just barely. He's definitely unconscious. Behind you is the door that leads to the vehicle car. Dirk comes running up. like, all right, yeah, okay, just through there. Let's go. Slow down. I don't want to be here when the boss gets here. You know what, Dirk? That was a lot of fun. You can make my share at even 500. Dirk just looks at you confused and just starts looking for a corner to hide in. Eastron uh, flicks the cleaver free and sets it neatly back on the counter. Oof. Yeah, that did not go well for the... <laughs> that did not go well for your gunman. Uh, he does not look to be in good shape. He just fell down to the ground and he's holding his wounds. All right. So one gunman is subdued. The other one is unconscious. You have a lot of kitchen staff that appear to be huddled up in between some of the different freezers, and you have the door that leads to the vehicle car. I look at the kitchen staff. You should all leave that way. And I indicate the door we came through. They scuttle out. None of them look like they want to argue. Really stay in that car, though. Don't go any further forward. I think they'll figure it out with the yawning sea of nothing but track. Kimiko uh, pops out and she just says, Oh, also, um, there's a few more. The hollow bikes outside. Of course there are. We'll leave those for the getaway. Dirk, what kind of vehicle you got? You guys enter the vehicle car and you look over and it's not hard to find Dirk's vehicle. It is the most gaudy, purple a monstrosity of a vehicle you have ever seen. I mean, the paint job on it has pink and purple, or pink and green flames on top of purple, and it just sticks out like a sore thumb. The only good thing about it is it does look expensive and fast. Dirk, I never took you for a connoisseur of art. Yeah, well, okay, uh, get the keys. You look over, there's a small lockbox that has all the keys in it. And you can see all the keys through a glass plate, but it does look like it's locked. Not anymore. What do you do, hero? Sorry, uh, 22. I'm going to open it with my with the back of my hand. 
Yeah, you just smash open the glass. I mean, it looks like it was probably a really good lock, but not very good glass. Just smash through it, grab the keys. With a push of a button, your car gets rolled right in front of the exit of the vehicle car. So we've just smashed open the key box. What other vehicles are in here? Uh, looks like five other vehicles. You have two other bikes that are in this car. So you have five other cars. Although if you do grab the other cars and other bikes, you're probably doing Grand Theft Auto. I only got eyes for this beauty thing. Would you look at this thing? It is beautiful. It's definitely noticeable. All right, we going? Dirk jumps in the car and jumps into the driver's seat. Wait. Yeah, if they're after you, maybe you should get in the trunk. Wait, I am not. What? You see him, like, for a second start to look absolutely disgruntled and offended. And then you, you get a look on his face that he realizes that's probably the most armored part of the car. And you see him just hold up the keys, go boop, boop. Trunk opens up. He dives in and slams it shut himself. All right. Well, I... It, is this convertible? Absolutely. Then I'm going to sit on the back of the car, like the back window ledge, where the back window ledge would be in a hard top, and uh, put my feet in on either side of the back seat, allowing Kaneyama to have his customary place in the center of the back, while the ladies can drive and ride Chuck. Uh, Eastern will let Kiriko drive. Sound like a drive skill or something. <laughs> uh, you could just use maneuver, and that would work just fine. Or finesse would also work. You could also use tech and hook directly into the car and use tech controls. So you kind of have some variety when you want to drive a car. Well, since nobody's gonna, nobody told our friend in the trunk that I'm going to be sitting on the trunk lid. It's probably uh, another reason he got in there, but I'm going to get in the car last. And as I do, the springs sag and the car drags a little bit. Ah, uh, cool. Like looks at the vehicle sniffs as long as nobody sees me in this thing and then hops in the driver's seat don't worry they'll be looking at me because look at this thing and then me right i'll be all these colors don't worry about it nobody will be looking at you he's not wrong great can you believe how good i look in this car you do look good this day just gets better 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 can you go with a sniff, you throw a throwing knife at the control panel on the door and the back door of the vehicle car opens up and you hit the gas and this car just takes off flying across, flying over the ground. There's a Godoy dome that's not too far from here. And if you get there, they'll have a sheriff's posse and a militia that should be able to hold off anyone that's coming after you. In fact, most of the time, these raiders won't ever mess with the dome. It's usually not worth the trouble. So if you can get to Drifter's Haven, that dome, you're probably safe. It dips for a second, but you can keep this thing at least 20, 30 feet off the ground without too much of a trouble. All the only, the only drawback to going up a little bit higher is if you crash, it's that much worse. But you are speeding off towards Drifter's Haven right now, driving off as fast as you can. I string my dike, you. Probably a good idea. You take a look as you're going through, and within moments, you can see several looks like, uh, looks like outriders on those hover cycles, and they are chasing after you right now. Eastern is going to uh, take keep an eye on the sights and also generate some chi while she's hanging out. So Eastern, you're keeping an eye on the sights. You're hanging out. You're charging up to get ready to do something terrible. And while you do, you look around and you actually see something looks quite useful on the ground. 
Uh, looks like there's a med kit on the floor here of Dirk's car. There is not anymore. There is, in fact, a med kit in Eastern's hands. You open it up, and this is only partially a med kit because you have four medium damu gel that are in this thing. But or, I'm sorry, four medium healing tonics. But you also have what appears to be a small uh, bundle of cash and also some more whiskey. Guys, I found the emergency stash. Whiskey? Whiskey, cash, and healing tonics. All anyone needs. I need the whiskey. Don't tell me you left that bottle that he bought. No, I got it. She gives the whiskey and the stash to Timo and reaches her hand back toward toward Hero to get the fancy whiskey. I'll hand her the fancy whiskey and then uh, go back to taking out the arrows. These things are in three pieces. You got to put the you got to snap the magnetic fletchings on and then screw the arrowheads on. And that's what I'm doing. And then I'm holding a big bundle in my hand just to hand to Kaneyama as he fires. Kiko is looking in the rearview mirror to judge how fast these things are approaching and if we can outrun them or not. It'll be tough. I mean, you're going to have to push this car and push it hard to be able to get some distance on it. The other problem is you only have general direction on where you are going to the Godai Dome. Uh, you're not certain where you, I mean, you know the general direction, so you could probably get there, but you know, you veer off in the wrong direction, that can end up going bad. How much bigger is the car that we're currently in compared to the vehicles that the bad guys are in? Oh, the hover cycles are much smaller. I mean, you have three rows of seats in this thing. It's large, it's comfortable, it's um, flamboyant. But at the same time, those hover cycles are smaller, but they are fast. And I mean, you, you are pushing this thing to accelerate as much as possible, but it looks like they're currently gaining on you. In fact, they would definitely be in long range low right now. Something this comfortable is not built for speed. It's, just, it's comfort or speed. Yes, but I, I'm still driving a fast-ish tank. Yes, you are. But it's also a comfortable fast-ish tank with no top. Okay. But you have a great big silver sumo who is going to keep you safe. Feel free to drive as crazily as you like. We'll roll a, a maneuver check. In that case, I'm going to pull a U-turn and head towards the nearest one. And just be like, hang on! Oh my, uh, that was definitely not what I expected to have happen. Uh, so you turn around, and all of a sudden, guys, you are charging at the six of these Outriders, as opposed to charging away. I rolled an 18 on my maneuver. So they're gaining on you fast, and they are looking quite happy about that, except for the lead one, which you are currently ramming. Uh, they are all taking shots at you guys, though. So you do have, uh, right now, uh, Adam, do you have anything to roll for your defensive abilities? Uh, I can force re-rolls. Okay. So four of them take a shot. Uh, Eastrin, you're about to be hit by one, although Adam, you're going to make him re-roll it? Yeah. He actually still hits. Okay, okay. What if he, can I give her my uh, resolve and damage tolerance? Absolutely. That's a, if that's one of your abilities, then this yes, you can. Yeah, he's gonna smash. He's gonna actually hit the back of my hand, which hits, which then hits her. So Eastrin, you would have taken seven damage, but it looks like you're now taking, I think, three or taking four. 
Four, yeah. And if you have shielding and plating, it will still lower that. I have one shielding and seven plating, according to my sheet. And I have plus one combat regen. There you go. Yeah, as long you're getting regeneration every turn then, as long as you're in combat. And this whole thing basically has been in combat short of about, you know, five turns with a car. Uh, Eastern wheezes a little on being slapped, but straightens up and is like, thanks, I'm fine. All right, so these guys take some panic shots. One of these bikes is absolutely smashed. Although when you hit the other car, you hear Dirk scream from the trunk, my car, what are you doing? He could just laugh. But yeah, it's it's muffled and you can pretend like you did here. Bingo. If you guys want to do any range attacks or anything else, you're right in range where you could do it. Yeah, I like to channel some storm fury on them as they approach. That's not kind. All right, Kiriko is driving. That would get us to Eastern's turn. Do you need to roll attack for that, or do you just roll damage? You roll an attack to stun. That's right. You deal damage, and then the, the attack is for stun. Yes. So you blast lightning out at this thing. How much damage did you deal? Five damage. Yeah, you hit this thing, and therefore, uh, the bike starts skidding against the ground and just spirals off to the side. It looks like it's still up, but... That's not in good shape. Uh, roll your attack. 22. Yeah, not like, that guy's just dazed. He's not doing anything for a while. Tamo, what are you doing, sir? Kari Futan. The bowl of light. Fires. What'd you get for your attack? 23. That's a hit. Music. And I do 13 points damage. Yeah, you you hit the rider with a bolt or with a with a blast from your arrow, and that thing he just falls straight off of the bike. The bike just start, keeps on flying, going higher and higher off into the sunset. Although on this world, sunset is a horrific, garish ring of flame that's constantly around that side of the world, but it's still flying off in that direction. Hero, what are you doing? Uh, how many more are there left? There's at least three or four here. And but you're unsure if there might be more that are coming, but you can see uh, you can see four still on bikes, three which are still moving well, three still, two which are still moving well because I'm going to pull one of the guys off of the bike with a grab drum blast. You could definitely get there is one that is close enough to the car that you could do that. Yeah, I'm just gonna reach out and pull him off the bike. Uh, your attack. Uh, Modify dirty twenty. Yeah, you go through and you pull him over and start wrenching him towards you to throw a punch and you don't even bother the punch. You just let him hit the ground and he goes tumbling and the bike just goes spinning off. Yeah, I just kind of clap my hands together and rub them like boom. Now when I separate them, I reach out with my left hand, pull him off the bike towards me to hit him with my right. And as he's flying, I just kind of eh, let him go. Then I'm going to look over my other shoulder to see what's coming that way. And I... Kiriko, you are currently driving and just plowed into a bike. What are you doing? So the other two are three bikes now, I think. They branched off and it looks like they're getting to range on either side of you to start taking shots. So basically the one went to your left, one went to your right. They're spreading out trying to stay parallel with you and just firing at you. That is bad. Uh, right. So they're like running parallel to either side and they're about to start shooting. 
So like, just as I say they're about to like raise up and start shooting, I'm gonna slam the brakes on. You slam on the brakes, but the thing is, they're far enough away that they can kind of slow down and just kind of angle around and still be able to take shots at you. And they're shooting right now. Well, it was more like, oh yeah, as they were about to shoot, I would slam on the brakes and then hope that they would just shoot each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more the fact that they are just circling. All uh, right, so they're not just like running along either side of us. Okay. Yeah, I mean, roll a maneuver check. It might help out a little bit, make it harder for them because you're evading them. Yeah. But it, it's more of just active shooting. It's not like you're lining up one shot. These guys don't look like skilled gunmen. They look more like, I'm just going to keep shooting until I run out of bullets. And their guns don't run out of bullets for a long time. All right, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try to avoid the gunfire, but I still want to um, keep in range of at least one of them for like the other people to attack, if that makes sense. If they're in range, uh, if they can shoot at you guys, then Tamo will come back. Mm -hmm. And Delilah. Okay. So yeah, I'll just do defensive driving. Okay. So you turn back towards the Godai Dome and you start driving that direction and just trying to evade. Go and use a maneuver check. Ah, uh, that's another 18? Yeah, so these guys are going to get disadvantage on their attacks. Alright, so they are taking shots. Uh, both shots missed for this turn. And that would get us to uh, Eastern. So these guys are firing off shots. Their bullets are flying over your head. They're, I mean, th these are not skilled gunmen, but they're they're trying to make up for it with quantity and quantity over quality. Nothing is landing so far. You've had several shots that hit your car. Each time it does, you hear yelps from Dirk complaining about his paint job. But so far, at least for the last few seconds, nothing has hit any of you guys. Um, what is the range on my flame burst? I want to say a hundred feet, but I'm not sure. Is there any place I could put it that would catch more than one of these guys in it? No. But you could absolutely catch one of them. Either one of them, they're staying within about 100 feet, so they're in nice close range for their guns. They're, they're shooting pistol from their bikes. They don't want to get too far. Okay. Again, uh, she mutters something and twists her fingers in the air and flicks something outward that's not really there. But after a tiny piece of a second, the air looks to ignite near one of them and burst into a big oily looking flame. Roll your attack. 22. That hits. Roll your damage. Uh, six. Yeah, you hit this guy and he is lit on fire. I mean, the bike's on fire and this dude, this guy is absolutely panicking. He jumps off the bike and starts rolling on the ground trying to get himself unignited. I watched the bikes. I watched the bike rocket off ahead, unguided. Uh, eventually, you know, fifty feet later, nosing down so that the front fins hit the scrub, and then the bike just tumbles, crashes, bits flying off till it can't fly anymore. And it is also your turn, hero. So what are you doing? Being large and wide and defending the people in the car. You are excellent at being large, sir. Tamo, it is your turn. You still got one guy within range taking shots at you. Oh, he's in range, all right. Tamo's eyes, the pupils expand in blackness, and his key eye comes out, and the void slams down. With a 22. So what did you just do to this poor rider? Void fury. He makes a stamina check. He can make a stamina check to avoid immobilization. I'm immobilizing the bike, really, not him. 
It's a 40-foot radius attack. Okay. Uh, what's the damage on Void Fury? 1d12, old ways, cold damage. Go and roll your damage. Eight. Yeah, you, you hit, and that bike just freezes up and slams into the ground. I just You see blackness envelop him, like horrific cold. What, what you can see around it, you see frost. Uh, piling up on the ground in the near edges around the, what this thing is, around the, the blackness. The blackness fades in a second, and you just see the bike fall down to the ground and this guy go tumbling off. I really need you to teach me that. Kuko laughs as she sees the last bike, like, tumble away, and she's just like, now, now we're having fun! Kiriko, you are speeding off towards the Godai Dome, and things are looking relatively smooth, which is never a good sign. Goes on for about a Goes on for, but go ahead and roll a notice check, everyone. I only got a 12. I'm too busy paying attention to the road or track or whatever we're on. I have a total of 16 on my awareness. Also a total of 16. I should have got some sake this morning. Really should have got some sake. The whiskey's not bad, though. The whiskey's okay. Yeah, I guess. All right. Bro, you're staring out the back of the car, just kind of enjoying the ride. Everyone else in the front, you can see the dome. I mean, it's just glistening green up ahead. You have this large dome that extends for hundreds and hundreds of yards that covers the entire small town and protects it from the murk swarms and also a lot of the other issues. And for you guys, that's relative safety because no one's going to chase you in there, which is awesome. Unfortunately, nobody noticed the guy flying in and coming down on a jetpack. A jetpack comes cruising in, flies down, and drives a sword straight through the engine and then leaps off. The front of the car digs down into the ground. And then we all leap off. <laughs> it starts, the front of the car digs down into the ground and starts the whole car starts spinning. What are you guys doing? I think that Sir Isaac Newton dictates that I should be leaping off involuntarily right about now. Well, you could also go for voluntarily. Well, yeah, I also didn't see this coming at all. So I'm flat-footed, so. Uh, when the car digs in, you see that it flips out and fires a great big silver sumo off across the landscape. By the way, this has been about two or three minutes. If you guys healed up in that time, that's perfectly understandable. Here we go, try, so I took a roll and jump out the car. <laughs> roll maneuver check. That'll be 24. Uh, Kiriko, you flip out of the car, do a tumble, pop up on your feet, and you're doing fine. Eastrin, what are you doing? Uh, she is also going to try and hop out of the car with the med kit and the fancy whiskey. Though she shoves the fancy whiskey into the med kit and shuts it. Well done. Uh, that will be a little bit tougher. Go and roll your maneuver check. Uh, what are you doing, Tamo? Drinking the whiskey and settling into the car for the crash. Roll an endure check. So uh, my endurance is five, and uh, I rolled 14, so 19. This was not comfortable as this car slams in and screeches to a halt, but you managed to kind of stabilize yourself, not take any damage, and you're all right. Although the car is now on fire. Uh, in the engine compartment, hasn't got back to you yet, and the car is at a stop. So you feel banged up and sore, but you are okay. 17 on my maneuver check. Eastern, you stick the whiskey in the uh, you you stick the whiskey in the bed kit, grab a hold of it, just kind of give it a big bear hug, and just try and roll out of the car as you go through falling on the ground. Yeah, your hair tendrils are all messed up. 
you're, you're scraped up, you're beat up, but you don't really take any damage. It's definitely not comfortable, but you're fairly certain the whiskey is intact. Kiriko watches a small implosion of dirt <laughs> as Hero just lands like a boulder in the dirt. Just boom. Or <laughs> Hero roll an endure check. Just, just straight up endure? Uh, I do believe it's a skill. It is a skill. But it's based on endurance. Yeah, it's enduring. That would be, I'm going to, I was going to roll with it with, uh, I roll just finesse, but I, I will switch that to endurance. Oh, if you want, if you want to do finesse, too, however you want to try and survive this. I got the impression you're skipping like a giant sumo rock. Yeah, pro- probably, but I was going to roll with it and swear on the, don't get over that shit. Oh, crash. You son of a bitch sort of thing, right? So. Uh, well, if you're going to let me do Endure, that's great, because it's better than Finesse. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> you go through and you're skipping off the ground, and basically you're just trying to keep yourself in a spot where you're taking the damage, or you're, you're taking the punishment without letting yourself get too broken. And you manage to <laughs> skip to a stop without that. I'd just like to thank my 400 pounds of extra body, man. Tamo, you hear a boop, boop, and... You hear Dirk start stumbling out of the trunk and just flop on the ground, muttering, I, I just paid it off. I go and stand over him. About a hundred feet from you, lands a person wearing a jetpack. You can't see what uh, species or people it is because they're wearing full samurai armor. This is intricate metal, although judging by the designs on it, the implied circuitry and the the, the glowing effects, it looks like it appears to be some type of xenotin. That's just kind of the impression you get. You know, mo- most samurais customize armor a little bit to look like what they are on the inside, and this gives you the impression it is xenotin. And also considering the fact that the Red Dust Marauders are a xenotin gang, that sort of makes sense. And starts pacing slowly at you. He looks at you and says, I am Kane Ha. Dirk owes me. Hand him over, and you all live. And he's slowly walking towards you. He landed 100 feet from the car, and you guys are maybe about 30, 40 feet from that. And he's not looking like he's in any hurry. He's giving you guys time to contemplate what's coming. I'm coming in on a tangent because I'm about 200 feet away. You skipped in a rather friendly direction. I mean, you're not as far as you might think. Oh, sorry. Uh, how far away am I then? Uh, probably about 60. All right. When you got flung off, it was, you know, the car was going forward, you were going diagonally to the left. So, you know, you got a nice little vector there to get back. Yeah, I'm going to pull myself out of the weeds that I'm tangled up in. See that the car has been smashed and, you know, is burning. And uh, a look of a horror is going to cross my chrome features as my uh, my mouth is just slacking a little O, whereas my eyes are much bigger round shapes and a, a tear creeps down my chromium cheek as I get my feet beneath me and start pounding off running in that direction cursing you son of a bitch you blew it up <laughs> Well, he just asked you guys to hand over Dirk. We have a charging sumo. Eastrin, you pop up and you see this guy coming and you hear him shout out what he just said about Dirk. Hand him over and you all can live. 
I stride over to Dirk and I pull out my Tonto and I spear him to the ground. Not, not where it could kill him, just where it could threaten to kill him in the next second. So are you going through flesh or are you going through his beautiful Ryan jacket and pinning him to the ground where he can't get up? Going through his beautiful Ryan jacket, pinning him so he can't get up. Yeah, that, that Ryan silk coat absolutely costs more than your entire set of armor and all of your armory. I mean, your, your dad had one like this. It was nice. I mean, this is this is gorgeous work. And yeah, I mean, you, you pull out, you actually pull out two of them, stab one through on one side, stab one through on the other. So there's no way he can get up or take it off. He, he's pinned and he's stuck there. That jacket might cost, might've cost more than the car, depending on how much Dirk overpaid for the car. Overpaid, that thing is priceless. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kiriko, what are you doing? Uh, Kiriko's just drawn her bow and she's just got it trained on him, following him with it until um, Tamo has finished intimidating Dirk. You're not sure Dirk would be able to stand up and run anyway. I mean, he looks beat up. You don't think he made- No, I've got a train on the guy coming at us. The other dude, the jetpack man. Yeah. The jetpack man. No, but uh, Dirk looks like he might have- Well, at the same time, Dirk is very sleazy, and that guy managed to find hiding spots like nobody's business. So I would not put it past him that he would have been ready to run at, at a point's notice. So it's probably a good move. Dirk is thoroughly restrained. You're waiting. Uh, Eastern is prepared. Tamo, what's your answer? Can we come to an accord, Kano? Yes. You leave. You live. I'll take Dirk Pin to the ground there. You can take your blades back. And his coat. Too bad they don't make it in men's sizes, you son of a bitch. And I'm gonna clobber him in from the side. <laughs> the sumo comes charging in, at which point, I mean, this is not a surprise at all at any point. He pulls his katana before you get there. When you're, you're within 15 feet, he's already has his blade drawn. And he is currently facing you. I know. He's... And with his initiative, he's going to be swinging first. Go and roll your attack, though. 14. That does not hit. You come in with a wild uh, sidestep. I also gave it away and, like, hey, telegraphed it. And, yeah, this is, he saw this coming a minute ago. Oh, he saw this coming the entire for or the entire 600-pound sumo charge as you came running at him over the last 10 seconds. Getting up, cussing about for smashing the car. I mean, there was, yeah. All right, so I, I, I don't lay a glove on him anyway. All right. We shouts to Tamo. We still need Dirk's info. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Hero. He slashes at you with his katana and he strikes. Although it's only a glancing blow and only hits you for five damage. Although as he does, you see an aura that seems to go up around him. A uh, shimmering, crackling energy of sorts that appears to be protecting him in some way. For how much damage? For five. He also takes a swing at you with a punch and misses with that. Uh, that would get us to Kiriko's turn. Well, I mean, since we're fighting, I guess. Oh, yeah. Then I guess I'm just going to plant an arrow in him. Or well, at least attempt to. Yeah. That's an 18. 18 does hit. Uh, that's nine damage. And that's with the plate, the plate attack thingy called Plate Breaker. 
So you went through, you hit him for nine damage. It appears to pierce through his armor, although that aura that's around him does seem to absorb a lot of the damage. Uh, Eastern, it is your turn. Eastern is going to use nature's terrible. Well, actually, uh, how much does a katana weigh? Not much. Probably about five pounds. What What would be the system if I wanted to? I don't know. Telekinesis it away from him. It would be tough. It'd, be, it'd probably be what it would be is you have telekinesis on the katana, and you'd have to beat him in an opposed check. And it would probably be your spellcasting attribute as a skill. Uh, most likely old ways, I'm guessing, with you. And against probably his physicality. So you'd have telekinesis and you try and wrench it from him. He does have another katana on his back as well, though. So if you did pull this one, he would have another. But you absolutely can give it a shot. Ugh, many edgelord with two katanas. Actually, why don't I just take a spare? I bet that one would be much easier to get. You could grab a spare, and then there's no opposed check. It might be a little bit weird trying to... You just, actually, with enough force that you can pull it, you could just rip it up and out of its sheath. Yeah, let's try that. Now, for telekinesis, do you have to roll just for the attack, or do you just roll for... I don't believe you have to roll to take control of the object, correct? I do not. I can do damage, and then with a spellcasting attribute check, I can maintain control for another round. So you pull the katana out of his sheath, which goes through and gets him started. Go into a quick roll for that. I just want to see how smoothly you're able to get it out, because that's not really... That is still a restricted motion. Just an old way check. So that is a 21. Yeah, so you pull that katana out smooth. He does seem to flinch for just an instant when you pull it out, and then you just basically wheel it in a circle and try and drive it right back through him. Roll your damage. 11. Uh, 18 on my check to keep control of it for next round, by the way. You still have control. Okay. Camo, it is your turn. Quick notice check to find the shield crystal. If there is one, it's inside of his armor. Bastard. I send my uh, three points of uh, damage tolerance to Hero, and I attack. Water wheel form. So are you, are you closing in, or are you staying at range? I'm closing in. Okay. Roll your attack. I'm going to get a big old grin on my face when I see Yama coming in. I'm going to fix my eye on this jetpack samurai and say, oh, buddy, now you're good and bow. I actually rolled another 19, which is a critical. That is a crit. And 13 points of damage. When you hit him, tendrils of energy shoot out both at you and at Hero, and you both take four points of damage recurring, which means that bypasses all damage tolerance and plating and everything. So you basically just got shot with two electric tendrils from this guy when you hit him. Great, when that happens, I return violence. Seven points of damage pierces all. Roll a d20, because you also just gave him a critical trauma. I roll 15. You went through and you slash him with your blade, got a clean shot, then you stepped on his ankle and it stepped on his end step and just kind of smashed it in. And looks like you broke the greave on his armor and he is not moving well. This gets us to his turn. He has turned his attention on you, our samurai friend. And he slashes you with his katana and hits for 14 damage. When he does, you still see that energy that's swirling around him seems to rejuvenate when he hits you. He then goes back and throws two strikes at you, one with the hilt of his sword and one with a punch, and the punch lands with a crit. 
dealing 10% of your health and another six damage. Ouch. Um, you also get a critical main or trauma. I mean, he hit you with that punch and it caught you right in the gut and you just lost a bit of a step. Uh, your initiative just dropped by three. Minus three to initiative, minus three to skill checks. Doing anything other than fighting right now is going to be tough and you're going to be a little bit slower. Roger. By the way, critical traumas last until the end of your next session. So something to be aware of. That critical trauma does not go away for quite some time. That finished, oh, that finished up the round and we're back to hero. As you basically charged in and were the first on your side to act, it is your turn. Now that he has his, it, he's got his back to me because he's dealing with my partner, right? Mostly. You guys have you guys have done this dance before. I mean, you and the Golden Samurai, you guys know how to work an opponent between the two of you. Well, naturally. But you've got advantage. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, get over here. Roll your attack. I'm going to Gravitron blast him. Before I attack, I pull my target 10 feet towards me and do an extra 1d6 damage. And... Uh, flowing metal form allows me to reduce or increase any force any force movement effect I'm involved with by 10 feet. So, if this guy, how far away is this guy from? Right now, you guys pulled up, you were right next to him because he was wailing on you. Tamil came in and started flanking him. So you guys are both fighting him from opposite sides. If you wanted to go through that disengage back and pull him towards you, you could, but you kind of have to take a step back to do so. Here's what I want this to look like. I want to con combine my Gravitron Blast with my Flowing Metal Form and my Driving River. It costs three chi, but it, and it's a tertiary action. This attack uh, pushes my target five times my spellcasting attribute. I've already started pulling him, added 10 feet to it, and then, so what I want this to do is, if he's got his back towards me, I'm going to reach out with my, with my, my Ghost Grab, my you know, my, my long distance pull. How would I call this? My inexorable tide pull. And yeah, my gravitronic pull. I pull him towards me, punch him one of the jetpack, and then steer him in a big arc right into the side of the car. Go for it. So that his, his jetpack drives him, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to turn on the jetpack? Yeah, I want to haul him off his feet towards me, smash his jetpack on, and then point him, jetpack and all, at the side of that car. Okay, uh, roll your attack. This would just be an unarmed attack. 29 for another natural 20. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's just about perfect. I just I, I just hit 20 in a row. Oh, man. So, yes. Two <laughs> 20s in a row. There you go. And you're doing an unarmed strike to basically start up a grapple. And you wrenched him over towards you. And when you did, you got him perfectly turned around where you could get your hands right on the control of the jetpack. And your hand landed on it, man. You, you're able to hit that switch to turn that thing on like it was nothing. Now, he will have emergency releases and everything else to turn it off. But you then just flung him 25 feet straight at the car. And it really ignited when he was about 5 feet from the car. And he just slammed right into it. Uh, roll 2d10, please. Four and nine. All right. So you just dealt 22 damage to him. And on top of that, it was a crit. And when he slammed into that car, roll another d20. Yeah, when you hit him, that jetpack, I mean, he slammed into it. That jetpack does not look like it's in the best of shape with how it's moving. 
with this whole thing, he slams in the car. He is veering. He's staggering everything else. He gets the jetpack turned off, but he's looking in really bad shape. But at the same time, he still stands up, pulls out his katana, and starts looking at you two. When he does, you see three bullets that go flying past. Two that miss. You hear the bangs of it. You have two that miss. One hits him in the chest. And you look over and you see a whole herd of people riding over on hover cycles coming from the good eye dome. You see, uh, when this happens, I kind of do that whoa, whoa and dip at the knees while I look around with my arms akimbo at about shoulder height. Yeah, you look over, there's bullets flying at him. He takes one look, looks back at you guys, a look of hatred, and he ignites a jetpack. And he's not flying straight, he's flying crooked, but he's flying out of here. We're not done yet, you son of a bitch. Oh no, you forgot your spare sword. <laughs> uh, it floats politely over to Eastern. To be honest, I thought you were about to return it to him. <laughs> no, she likes the trophy. Eastern, the sword flights over to you. You now have one of Kane Ha's katanas. And he's flying off and looking rather angry. Uh... You guys look back over at Dirk, and Dirk is just about out of his jacket. It looks like he's getting ready to try and scurry away right when you guys get your attention on him. Oh, no, no. The sword turns to point at Dirk. Nice. Oh, well done, everyone. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. You look over at the the whole team of bikes that are running over the whole all the hover cycles, and all is one. They seem to step off of their bikes. Every single one of them is carrying a sidearm. Most of them wearing leather dusters. And one of them starts walking over to you. Uh, she is a Gadai woman. Looks rather tall. Looks rather striking. Her skin has a very bronze uh, tinge to it. And she takes one look at you and takes one look at Dirk. And looks at Kane Ha flying off at the distance and just kind of shakes her head. She gestures at her posse and a few of them hop on their bikes. It looks like they're going for patrols. She looks at Dirk's like, how long did you give him? Dirk just kind of sputters for a second and stands up. A couple of the deputies walk over to Dirk and pick him up off the ground and start dragging him back over towards the rest of the posse. Dirk's like, uh, three days, three days. She looks at him and like, how much did you charge? It's like, oh, it was 2,000. She looks at Dirk for a second, smacks him upside the head. It's like, I, I, I'm supposed to pay them. She looks confused for a second, kind of shakes her head and looks back at you guys. How much does he owe you? Well, it was 650 each, but I believe my friend Hero reduced his rate a bit. And then that car got destroyed, so I'm going to need that replaced. Three days to go where? You still don't know. There's like, that was my car. No, you don't get my car. The Godai woman just kind of shakes her head. It's like, take him to the town. She looks at you guys like, you'll get your three days. Good, because twice now we're going to die for him. Oh, he'll tell us. He'll tell you rather soon. Those train cars are my brothers. I'll take care of them. We've had just about enough of the garbage that Dirk has caused by sending people out here. But you'll get your time. The Godai woman heads back to the bike and climbs on it, and she just starts riding back towards town. You know, Dirk, this isn't a good way to maintain a business relationship. Hey! I, I'm going to tell you, you get the location. I'm going to pay you. And he, right now he's being dragged to town. I mean, he's basically going to be put on top of one of these bikes. And the hover cycle is going to be driving Dirk to town 
sort of surrounded. Apparently they're very familiar with how weaselly he is. You get the impression Dirk has been to this town more than once. Or actually, mate, with Dirk, it might only be once. That's kind of all it takes to usually have him anger people about this much. I'm standing over by the car having a moment. I'm kneeling in the dirt. Another Gadai woman shows up. She is completely bald, wearing a robe. She looks at you and bows very kindly, says, I am Essen. Uh, my lady will guarantee your safety to the dome and you the three days. So what will you do now? Find somebody to haul this into town and get the repairs. We can arrange a tow. Thank you. Would you like a ride into town? That would be wonderful. They put you on the back of some of the hover cycles. Behind you are three train cars sitting motionless in the distance. Ahead of you is the Godai Dome known as Drifter Haven. On your left, you see a land of eternal frost. On your right, you see a land of eternal fire. And ahead of you, who knows? Hey, thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this one shot. If lockdown sounds like your kind of game, check it out on Kickstarter today. And have a great day, everyone.